So early in my career, I was working with an education nonprofit that supported children who lived in poverty. And during the summer, we would take the students bowling or hiking or swimming, and it was new to them. And it was an inexpensive way to build mentoring relationships. And it was fun, or at least it could be fun if we allowed it to be. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Thanks for being with us today. And hey, this is our 90th episode, which is amazing to think about. And on the moment of our 90th episode, I just want to give a shout out and big note of thanks to Brooke Bradford, who is our producer. Brooke has been with us from the beginning, every episode she has produced. And so I just want to say, uh, Brooke, thanks for making us sound good and bringing all this leadership to the world. So appreciate you. All right, well, let's talk about energizing yourself, giving your team that energy. So when I was doing that work, and I say, you know, Taking kids, bowling, hiking, swimming could be fun if we allowed it to be. The problem is that as an adult, the 11th time that you take kids bowling doesn't have the same novelty. It's like, okay, we're going bowling again. And one summer, it was that first year I did that work, it was a steamy Monday morning in late July. And Sue, who was a senior leader, must have seen the malaise that was creeping into us because she looked at each of us in the eye and she said, never forget that it's their first time. Honor that experience for them. And as a leader, I know that you've shown up to a team meeting, you've started a new project, you've helped a team member over an obstacle, you've done all those things, and the novelty can wear off if you've been leading for any length of time. You've been there, done that, you got the t-shirt, the scars, maybe some cynicism. So how can you recapture that spark and that energy? A little while ago, I was listening to Conan O'Brien interview Bruce Springsteen on Conan's podcast. And the boss, who's if you know anything about Bruce Springsteen, he delivers this incredible energy. He and the E Street Band perform just this high octane. Uh, They bring it all. It's a five-minute performance on a talk show. They bring it. If it's the Super Bowl performance they did, they bring it. Doesn't matter. That's just how they are. And he was talking about his approach to performance on Conan's show. He says, you know, I want to be on the frontier, on the edges of my own psychological, emotional, spiritual frontier. I want to be working there until the day I die. And Springsteen went on to say that's the difference between a professional and what he called a a careerist, somebody who's going through the motions. So as a leader, as you're moving forward and living life, now this is me saying as a leader, but he says, the boss, your life blossoms and so you can never actually sing the same song twice. You're always a new and different person. And as I was thinking about that interview, the fact that you're a different person and so even though you're singing the same words, you're not singing the same song because the, the you you're bringing to that song is and should be different. And that made me think about the first, and it's the only time that I've seen the band Kansas perform live. Okay, classic rock. Uh, Kansas, that particular show, it was a small venue in Denver on Colfax. For those of you from the city, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. And they were opening for the band Yes. 
And this was decades after both of those bands' heyday, right? But you wouldn't have known it. Not the way Kansas showed up. I mean, Kansas has two or three songs that most rock fans know. Point and O Return, Dust in the Wind, you, you know you know the songs. And they've probably performed that catalog if you're a classic rock fan. Kansas has two or three songs that you're going to know, right? Dust in the Wind, Point of No Return, Carry On My Wayward Son, right? And they have to have performed that catalog of those songs so many thousands of times. And venues from, you know, back in the 70s, they were performing huge stadiums. And then they've done all the state fairs and, you know, they're intense. And and this was a smaller venue. I would, if there were a thousand people there, it was a big show in that particular arena or venue. So when I saw them, you know, it's this smaller theater. I was standing in the back and they rot it. I've never seen anything like it. It's one to this day, it's still one of the most energetic performances I've ever seen in any kind of show, uh, live or you know, on camera. I mean, and they were doing the same few songs, Dust in the Wind. They sang it with the passion and the perspective of people who have lived and seen life. And Carry On My Wayward Son had all the conviction and wisdom and hope. And then Point of No Return carried the passion, that challenge of adventure. And, and there's even an invitation to leadership in that song. They gave it everything they had. I'll never forget it. It was amazing. But I walked away from that show wondering what must it be like performing those same few songs over and over across the decades. I know that they have other music and they sing all that other music, but they are always playing those songs. That's what fans are there for. And it was a challenge to me at that time in my own life, my own leadership, to show up for what matters most with all the energy and the passion that I can bring to find what's new and fresh and meaningful. So my question for you today is where can you give your team energy? By showing up like it's the first time. Here are four ways to think about it. First is reconnect with your why. What's the deepest meaning and purpose behind your work? How can you refresh yourself and then refresh your team in the why behind every what? What's the big why? What's the why behind the specific little things that you're doing? And then next is to focus on who you serve. You and your team exist to do something for someone. Who are they? How do you help them? Ask your clients, your customers, or your constituents to share a few words with your team about how the work they do matters. If you can get people reconnected to why they're doing what they're doing and the people that they're serving, you've got some fuel to re-energize. All right, from there, third suggestion, focus on practicing your craft. And this is my takeaway from Bruce Springsteen's conversation with Conan O'Brien. You're a different person. You're hopefully a better leader. The activity you're doing might be rote or routine or even boring, but you're not the same. You're a different person. How can this new you bring your best self to the task, to the team? Is there a different way to look at it, a different way to think about it, a different approach to take with it? How can you re-examine what you're doing with new eyes? And then number four, one way to do that is to think about your newer team members. Look through the eyes of a new team member. And this was Sue's challenge to us all those years ago for me as adult mentors. It's those students first time going bowling. Find that magic. You've solved this problem 55 times, but your newest person is just learning. 
and the magic of expanding their capacity is waiting for you and your leadership. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. I would love to answer your leadership or management-related question. You can send it in a couple of ways. You can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. You'll see a big orange button there where you can record your question, tell us who you are, where you're from. Love to use your question in a future episode. Or you can email it to me at david.dye at letsgrowleaders.com. So today's question actually comes from a participant in a recent leadership workshop we did, and it is one I think I'm going to devote an entire episode to here in a couple of weeks. But it's a very, very common question. I can almost guarantee you've been listening to the show. You have definitely, in one of the prior 89 episodes before today's episode 90, have asked this question, and that is, ah, how can I get my boss to do this? They really need this. And cutting to the chase, the short answer is you probably are not going to be able to equip them with this right away. Whatever the this is, you've got something that you think is amazing, would be helpful, and a better way for them to lead, and on and on. You might be right. But right now, the lesson isn't for them. The opportunity here is for you. And I know that's frustrating when you have a frustrating boss who you would like to be leading differently, but the reality is They're going to change when it makes sense for them to change and to do things differently. And right now, whatever they're doing, they feel as if it's working for them. So before you want to approach them, start by getting your own perspective. Think about what's the lesson here for you? Because ultimately, there is no better leadership textbook than whatever it is that's frustrating you. When you've got a leader who is, let's say, not encouraging people, it's an opportunity for you to think about how you're showing up in the world as a leader. Are you encouraging your team? Are you encouraging the people around you? Are you encouraging that boss who's frustrating you for the things that they're doing well? And once you start by getting that perspective for yourself and and framing the issue in terms of what it has to teach you, then you can start to think about how you might be influential for your boss on on the subject. And there's a couple things you want to do to to do that. One is to look at the world through their eyes. What are the problems that they're trying to solve? What are the constraints that they're under? And if you don't know those things, it's a time to start with curiosity. And then if you do know their goals and you do know their constraints and you think that the suggestion you have is going to be a way to help them achieve those, phrase your solution, phrase your recommendation in terms of what it is that they're trying to accomplish. Hey, I know that you've got a vision to to see the company do this. I think there's a way to help us get there even faster or with more accuracy or less headache or whatever the, the benefit is. And then you can propose your solution. That gives you the best chance of being heard. So when you have a frustrating boss, there are a number of different questions that you can ask. I'm going to do, like I said, we'll do a whole episode about this in the future, but wanted to get some answers uh, in here now to that question. So thank you for the participants who have asked this question recently, and I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. So as we finish off episode 90, 
remember that life will always include some level of the mundane and the routine. And as a leader, you can give your team the energy to meet those challenges. Lead like it's the first time. Show up with the new you to that same task and see what happens. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.